Hello and welcome to this episode of Midlife Men with me, Philip Briscoe. Today, I'm going to be talking to Mike Jen, founder and lifetime president of the UK Men's Sheds Association. Mike founded the first UK shed in Camden Town, London over 10 years ago. Today, there are over 800 men's sheds, which equates to well over 20,000 shedders, as they're called, benefiting from regular social interactions, new and improved skills, and regular participation in events they enjoy. I then talked to Colin Fleet, now the UK Men's Sheds Ambassador for Northern Ireland, who has benefited firsthand from becoming a shedder after he suffered a stroke in his 40s, which left him unable to return to work. Welcome, Mike. So perhaps I could start off by asking you, Mike, how you first came to hear about the uh, Men's Sheds Association Men's sheds themselves are an Australian creation, and the first one of those was around about 1999, in a rural situation where it was easier probably for people to see that there were some people, men in particular, who reached a point when they couldn't carry on doing their normal work and where life was rather flat for them. Maybe they weren't mixing anymore so much and getting rather depressed and getting low and that kind of thing. And somebody decided that what they actually needed was to get together and making things was a very natural focus for activity and hence the creation of a, sh- a shed, which is like a shed at the bottom of the garden, if you like, but it's actually for like 20 or 30 blokes. Okay, so why did you decide to take that model and start it in the UK? Well, I've got a background in starting things on a community basis of how I earn my living. When I retired, I thought, well, my son asked me, he said, what do you want to do? And I said, um, start something. So he said, have a look at this. So he showed me the Men's Shed site in Australia. And by that time, they had got a website up and proper ad staff and so on. And I thought, well, that's a really good idea. So I haven't got a shed in my flat. And I think there's plenty of blokes around here that would rise to coming to one. So let's see if we can start one. And what was the aim? What we're aiming to provide for men is a social context in which they were happy to be together and work together. And obviously that has to be something in which they're completely autonomous with. They can come and go as they please, do as, stay as long as they want, come when they like and all the rest of it, because that's the way blokes are. And the focal point, if you like, was getting tools together for woodwork. That's the way we started because we thought, hey, we can get hold of the material easily, cheaply, pick it up in the street and so on. And generally speaking, people feel they know more about that than metalwork or plastics or whatever. So we just focused on the woodwork to start with. Is it just for men? No, the day we, uh, the week we opened up, we had a format of there being one day for men only and one day for both men and women. And the reason for that was because if you look around at the community life in general, you find that women get involved much more than men. If you go to most community centres, usage of a community centre would be 85 90% women. And run by women, generally, which means that they don't necessarily think to provide things which men might want. So when I first had the idea, I said to the local, one local community centre, I'm going to start an activity for men. And they said, would they like to do arts and crafts? And I said, well, what about making a motorbike? And you could see that this woman hadn't, wouldn't have dreamt in a hundred years of that idea, even though we've never made a motorbike since. It was a difference in the perspective. 
Arts and crafts, probably not for men, generally speaking. You give them a load of tools or a vacuum cleaner to fix or some, whatever it happens to be, and they'll think, oh, I wonder what's wrong with that. <laughs> and off they go. And so how many from the start at Canton Town Shed, how many are there now across the UK? In 2012, I put up a website for saying to people, to the public, as it were, this is what a men's shed is, this is what it can be like, and this is here's some ideas about how you could start one. Over the course of the next year, I found 26 others that were getting going, some as a result of that website, some possibly just... It may be that it's an idea. It has its own time, a time when an idea is going to come about. Maybe other people have thought of it as well. But either way, by the time we got to March in 2013, I called all the people together that I could find, all the groups I could find. And we had about 30 people here from 26 different organisations considering starting sheds or having got something going. And at that point, we decided to whether it would be advantageous to the movement as a whole if it had an organising central support body. So a body at the centre of things who could speak for sheds and who could continue to collect and experience and pass it on to people who were starting sheds. And that became UK Men's Sheds Association. And if there's someone listening who would like to start a shed, a local shed of their own, how would they go about doing that? The best place to go is to go on to Men's Sheds .org.uk and there you will find both the descriptions of sheds and so on but also a map showing where all the sheds are in the country. There'll also be advice on how to start sheds. And what advice would you give somebody who's perhaps listening to this, sitting at home, maybe feeling a bit isolated or maybe recently lost their job or retired or feeling a bit depressed? What advice would you give to them? Yeah, well of course all of those scenarios are well possible in the current situation and we have all sorts of people come here for for all sorts of different reasons but redundancy or retirement finding you haven't got much to do it's a very common situation particularly for people who haven't got loads of money perhaps I mean if you've got enough you could probably join a number of golf clubs or something but you'll probably get fed up with that after a while but for most people it becomes an issue also women the wives if you've got a wife they're not used to having you around the house. <laughs> Actually, it'd be a really good idea if you found somebody extra to do. So for all sorts of little nudges and pushes and things, there's different different reasons for coming. And the thing to do is to go onto the Men's Shed website and find out where your new shed is. It's an easy thing to do. Sheds are very welcoming places. You'll just find other people like you. That's basically what happens. And they'll have skills and they won't. some won't have any skills. There'll be people there with different ideas about how things get done and... So there's the usual banter that goes on between people who know each other well and got different ideas about things. And those sheds are almost all now sort of self-organising sheds with ranges of equipment. They're open at different times. There are some open in the evenings. Mostly they're open during the day. Some sheds are men only. Actually, there are some sheds now which are women only. There's just a few. but And there are plenty of sheds which are of a, a mixed gender. So you could look around and decide which one would suit you best. Are the women's sheds called women's sheds? Some of them are called she sheds. She sheds. Which is, I think it's quite nice. It's really quite smart, really. Do people come along with any specific difficulties and how do you deal with that? Yeah, most sheds get referred to people. I mean, in the sense where people find their way to sheds. Sometimes it's 
even a GP will say, um, if he thinks that you're depressed, say, and he hears about the kind of things you're interested in, he might just say, well, there's a bowls club here, or there's a, I can give you an introduction to a men's shed, for example, and different things will appeal to different people, obviously. So we, yeah, we get people here on Mondays and Thursdays. We've got people here who've suffered with things like agoraphobia or dementia or stroke. We've had people come in with anxiety. People and some people come who just are isolated. They just don't feel they have enough social contact. So we put people into Mondays and Thursdays if they need additional supervision. It's really just about how reliable they are or how much support they need on the machines. We've got some very dangerous machines in this workshop. <laughs> and you, you just have to make sure that nobody hurts themselves. So if you think somebody needs a lot of supervision, then you put them in, a, we put them in on Mondays and Thursdays where we've got a paid member, a paid staff person to ensure that they, they stay safe and supported. So what does it cost to attend one of the men's sheds? Well, all the sheds are independent of each other. And they make up their own rules. The, the, what I've seen is that most sheds, which are just groups of guys who've got together, that they decide amongst themselves how much they're going to put in each week. And the general thing is they say, well, let's make it £2 a day or something. Or they might decide that they want to make it £5 for a week and you turn up as often as you want. Or they might have a monthly membership fee or something of this kind. But the, what I've heard of, the majority are just working on Chipping in a, a couple of pound or a pound or two or something for each attendance. That's generally how it goes. So looking back over the last 12, 13 years or so, what do you look back on and feel most proud of? You could answer that in different ways. I mean, there are some people who are alive now who wouldn't have been alive. It's made that much difference to some people. One of them was in this, out in my shed. It was actually the fourth person to come into the shed. So we were still building the benches. But it, we, we learned after a while that, because he told us eventually that he was suicidal when he came. And now he wasn't, as it were. And we obviously played a part in that. I wouldn't say that it was solely the result of coming into the shed. There's lots of factors in anybody's life at any one time. But certainly there are other people. I've probably met eight to ten of the ones I've met who said, I'm sure I wouldn't be here if I, if I hadn't come across sheds and the kind of camaraderie and whatever and all the banter and all the rest of it that goes on. That's kept me alive and that's kept me... And I've learned. I come to a shed and I, I learn things. I come with my own ideas. Other people suggest different ways of doing them. It's been just terrific like that. So I can get a lot of pleasure, if you like, or a lot of satisfaction from the fact that I know that some people have been saved. But also, way... In it. I mean, there, there are now, there must be, there must be 20,000 or more guys involved in sheds, possibly 30,000 now. There's 800 sheds in the country. There could be 20 to 30,000 people in those sheds and they're all getting something out of it. So at that level, I can get a lot of satisfaction. I'll get some satisfaction sometimes just looking at some of the things people produce. And I think, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well done, you. And there's all sorts of angles to this. So. And I don't really revel in it at all, but I do feel, yeah, when I do think about it, I, there is a lot of satisfaction there. Well, I mean, that's amazing, phenomenal. It's been a pleasure and an honour, Mike. Thank you very much for talking to us today. Thank You're you. Welcome indeed. I'm very pleased to be joined now by Colin Fleet. 
Colin is the ambassador for Northern Ireland for UK Men's Sheds Association and has also benefited from being a part of the organisation. So welcome, Colin. Thank you, yes. So perhaps you could start by just talking about your the background to getting involved with Men's Sheds and your story. Yes, yeah, certainly, yeah. I took early retirement at the age of 44 due to a stroke. This was really quite a, a shock to the system as I uh, always worked right from the age of 15 and uh, travelled the world doing my work. I was a radio communications engineer, spent a lot of time abroad. So when, uh, when I had the stroke and always thought that I would be back to work, after a year of hospital visits, uh, the consultant decided, no, that I wouldn't be going back to work. So it took a good year, I would say, to even accept the fact that I wasn't going to work. It's very difficult. It's easy to become a, a vegetable sitting in front of the TV, but you need to do more than that. So I tried various things. And uh, part of what we did as well, we also started fostering, which sort of gave me a a reason to get up in the mornings. So I think everybody needs that. But with the men's shed, I was at a meeting one night, just a local town meeting, and I'd made somebody a, a, a nice wooden bowl and uh, was giving it to them. And this guy came up and he said, did you make that? And I said, I did. He said, I think you're the person we're looking for to start the men's shed in Saintfield. And basically that's how we started. And Colin, what did you find was missing most from your everyday life once you realised that, you know, you weren't going back to the job that you've been doing? I think that basically because of the job I did and the travelling that I did, I was always meeting different people. No two days were ever the same. I mean, you would probably go to work on a Monday, think, you know, I'm here all week or telling the wife that you're going to be there all week and you could have been by Tuesday anywhere. And that was a bit of excitement in life and suddenly really all you've got to get up for in the morning is another day of doing nothing really maybe helping around in the house a wee bit but missing that uh, companionship of meeting other people and talking like for like it's uh, I think we we need to uh, men are quite shy really but if they can talk to other people about what their interests are and if it's very similar to their own then you've got a sort of a a foot in there for a start off and the apart from the obvious impact on your you know your physical health after the stroke how did you find it was impacting your your mental health mentally it was i think you feel a wee bit worthless you know you've been the breadwinner for the last 30 years and uh, you know you've gone to work in the morning you've come home in the evening and you've been the breadwinner you've raised your family and suddenly you think, I'm not doing that anymore. What am I really giving to the family now? You know, it's it's, it's difficult. You, you, uh, you've suddenly lost all of what you are respected for. And so did you look for any outlet or any help before you were approached about the Men's Sheds Association? Uh, uh, well, yes, yeah, I did various things. I, my, one of my daughters persuaded me to join the choir, a, a local choir, which I did. And, that was great. And uh, as I say, the fostering probably helped quite a lot because suddenly you become that you've got to be there for, for, the, for the foster children. And you, once again, you're 
helping with homeworks and all of that sort of thing. So I looked for different things to do. I played a little bit of golf, but I'm not really a, a very competitive person. So golf really wasn't for me. And I built my own workshop and just went out there and worked. But once again, you really need somebody in there with you that you can bounce ideas off and, and that sort of thing. So it can be quite a lonely existence, uh, I think. And even if you go, even if I'm not really a, a, a pub goer, but even if you do, you don't really chat to people as such, I don't think, you know. Do you think there's still a bit of a, a stigma associated with men talking about their mental health? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I find at the men's shed, people do open up. I mean, one guy joined and within two hours, I knew his whole life story, but I don't think I would have got that if I'd have met him down the street or in a pub or in a cafe anywhere. But in the men's shed, it seemed to be, look, I've joined this for a reason and this is the reason I'm here, you know? And why do you think that is? Why do you think that uh, men that come <laughs> along to the, the shed feel able to to open up whether it's because we make them feel that they're not alone and we've all gone through or most of us have gone through some trauma in life whether it be early retirement or any physical things that they've gone through but uh, once they get in the shed it seems to be look we're all here if you want to chat we'll listen i think the uk msa have a great uh, analogy and that is if you put 12 men in a room and ask them to introduce themselves, they uh, six will leave and six will go to the corner. But if you put a broken lawnmower in the middle of the room, then within half an hour, they'll all be there looking at it. They're all there for the same reason. And how do um, somebody listening to this podcast, if they wanted to get involved, what would they need to do? Basically, uh, they can just look up the UK Men's Shed Association, have a, a website which you can go on and you can look at the uh, map to see where your closest men's shed would be and basically just contact that men's shed and the invite's there for anybody to come along. I don't think any men's shed would um, deny you any access or anything, you know, so... Uh, if you've got problems where you need a carer all the time, then we can still take you in, but you would probably need to have the carer with you. I think they say men's sheds care, but they're not carers. That's one of their mottos, but you'll be more than welcome, you know. We've got a guy, he's probably 87 now, he's the oldest. He just comes every Tuesday for a cup of tea at about 11 o'clock, spends about an hour around the table chatting and then home again, and he. He said it's the best thing he's ever done. So what advice, Colin, would you give to somebody who was perhaps feeling similar to the way you did after you lost the ability to go back and do the job that you, you love doing? I think, well, obviously, when it first happens, you're going to be, it's going to be a while before you can accept any advice from anybody. I think we're probably all feeling a little bit sorry for ourselves, a little bit man flu. Suddenly your, your world's come to an end, but... Uh, if there is somebody out there saying, asking, suggesting that you join a men's shed for whatever reason, I mean, we have guys and they say, well, I would join, but I've really got no skills. But uh, you don't need skills. Life skills are a very important thing to have. 
And it's amazing once you do get there. I mean, I teach the uh, guys there to do turning. Oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, there's no way. And then by the end of the day, they've turned a, a small item for themselves, taking it home, and they're as pleased as punch. I think men find it hard to give things a try. Women tend to be able to walk into a room with a load of other women in there, and within seconds they've introduced themselves. But I think men find that more difficult. I think we all look for a, well, I'll only go if so-and-so's going, and uh, then at least I'll have somebody to go to. How has the Men's Sheds Association helped you then? I've made more friends in the last three or four years than I ever had, and people that actually lived in the same town, but I didn't really know. Out of probably 30 in the Men's Shed, I mean, we all get on well together, but there's probably half a dozen of us that have sort of formed their own wee group as well. So we now would um, organise trips to England to the woodwork shows and we can have little trips out and that sort of thing. We sort of do other things outside the men's shed now, which probably we wouldn't have done before. So in that respect, it's helped me greatly and uh, it's given me an interest. It's given me something to, probably my wife would tell you, too much of an interest sometimes but it's given me um an help somewhere to go and something to think about which i think you need and is there an age limit 18 upwards basically through insurance purposes really because of the machinery and that but from 18 you can join and we have got young guys there's a couple there in their probably 20s and so we open up one evening and also on a Saturday morning so that those people that haven't retired can still join us. I would advise anybody, if you're looking for an outlet, look up the men's shed. And if there isn't one, there's help there to start one. I mean, yes, you've got to get premises and that, but there is help from the UK Men's Shed Association. And this is what the ambassadors are for, to go out and sort of say, well, you know, you need to do this, you need to do this. Well, Colin, thank you very much for talking to me today. Thank uh, you. And good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Midlife Men. If you would like to find out more about the Men's Sheds Association, or to find out if there's a shed near you, then visit the website at mensheds.org.uk, or you can email admin at ukmsa.org.uk, or call 0300 772-9626. If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like us to cover in the podcast, or if you have a story you'd like to share, then please contact me either on Twitter at MidlifeMen or email me at midlifemen01 at gmail.com. Join me next time when we talk to other midlife men about their stories, and maybe you'll find that they resonate with you. Thank you.